My Eagle enthusiasts, it's Fairway Rolling, presented by FanDuel. Major season is here, and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Evernorth Health services. Costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and Evernorth is doing everything in their power to make that possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best. It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that'll benefit your bottom line. It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because they're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions, that's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Today's episode of Shack House, we discuss all things we really don't want to talk about from the Valero Texas Open, the Tiger Woods biography, Patrick Reed's Postmasters victory, and in an almost house of cards, we, carbs episode, we will explore the state of food and golf with Bon Appetit editor Adam Rappaport, fresh off of attending his first Masters and more. But of course, as you know, Shack House is brought to you by our friends at Callaway, makers of the Chrome Soft and Chrome Soft X, which will soon be available in a new Truvis that is to be unveiled on Tuesday's morning drive on the Golf Channel. So check it out. I don't want to spoil it. But if you're hearing the show after the airing, which is most likely, Check out my website or go to Callaway, search around. There's going to be some really cool video inside the factory. If you're one of those people like me who loves to know how things are made, you're going to get to see uh, how a Chrome Soft is put together in beautiful Massachusetts. I've been up there to another ball company's plant, and it is a lot of fun to see what goes into making a golf ball. House, I can't wait to hear how many Chrome Softs you played in your 100-hole hike, but also did you wear any proper cloth shirts while you played? Well, I, I'm going to give a shout out to our friends at Proper Cloth. Shaq, it was freezing cold here in Washington, D.C. Really? This past Friday. Yeah, I, it was the, the wind chill was 31 degrees at 830 in the morning when I teed <laughs> off. But so I, I didn't exactly have my proper cloth on mm. for, for the round. But uh, as, as the listeners know, Proper Cloth is the leader in men's custom shirts. Are you having trouble finding shirts that fit, Shaq? Let me tell you, at propercloth.com, ordering custom shirts has never been easier. You create your custom shirt size by answering quickly 10 easy questions. Shirts start at just 80 bucks and are delivered in two weeks. Perfect fit is guaranteed. So 80 bucks for a perfect fit, that's a good deal. If a shirt doesn't fit, they will remake it for free. And the whole process is risk-free for that reason. For premium quality, perfect-fitting shirts, visit propercloth.com. 
dot com slash shack house and use gift code shack house s-h-a-c-k-h-o-u-s-e to get twenty dollars off your first custom shirt today oh nice yeah i was just checking out their site they've got some good stuff i'm on i'm on time working the code i'm gonna use and i'm and my name's in it i'm so excited all right let's go to the shack house House, greetings from the Shack House, part of the Ringer Podcast Network, where, of course, the House of Carbs resides as well. And I know you have a little NBA playoffs Food City show. Yeah, we, we uh, the pod father, Bill Simmons, and I sat down and ranked uh, all of the cities that are hosting NBA uh, playoff competitions 16 to 1. And there was a lot of debate, uh, mainly on the latter half of the list. Cities that, that came in mm. at the sort of the 10 to 16 range did not like their placement. So we had a follow up show. We had the first show with the rankings oh. with, with the pod father, Bill Simmons. And then we had on uh, a, a native uh, Clevelander, or at least a guy that spent some time there, the chief Craig Gaines from the Ringer universe came on and gave us a nice defensive Cleveland. He had he he argued for Cleveland well inside the top ten, maybe even cracking the mm. top five. But uh, I, I I don't know whether they're going to land there or not. But don't forget, the Ringer.com has you covered in all things NBA playoffs and for this upcoming Thursday NFL draft. I just want to know how a city complained that they weren't where they wanted to be on your list. But I, I'm assuming that was just kind of the people in the cities that lost those compl- oh, Correct. Okay, good. The eaters, so, all the hungry homies. You played 100 golf holes on Friday for a fantastic cause. How are you doing? Have you recovered? I've never played more than 45 in a day, I believe. That's I incredible. Say, thank you very much. Uh, it, was, it was a collaboration between our friends at Golf Fights Cancer uh, who we've championed many times here on the podcast. And uh, they they came down here at the uh, um, request and insistence of, of the, the Duffy brothers, Rob Rob Duffy in, in, in particular, scheduled and organized uh, one of these golf marathons here in the DMV. And, and Golf Fights Cancer coming into my backyard, you know that I had to go make an appearance at it. Uh, the beneficiary of, of all everybody's uh, fundraising was a, is a wonderful, Wonderful facility here in in the Washington D.C. area called the Children's Inn, which is mm-hmm. located on the grounds of the National Institutes of Health. Families and kids that are are dealing with um, uh, pediatric cancer uh, can come and stay. It is it is a hotel. It is a place, a comfortable place for families to come to take on the challenges that the kids are confronted with and by, and you know try and make uh, as normal as an experience as possible, uh, notwithstanding the treatment and, and the protocols the kids might be going through. So obviously a very, very worthwhile yeah. charity. There was about 35 of us that went out uh, into the freezing cold. This was April the 20th here in the Washington, D.C. area. It was, I'm telling you, 31 degree wind chill at 8.30 in the morning. I had winter gloves on both hat, hands, <laughs> a winter hat, uh, a turtleneck up to my nose, uh, a, a windbreaker sweater over top of it. The flannels were on underneath the the, the pants. I mean, it was. I had Ugh. on ski socks. It was the whole nine yards. But Oy. you know, no complaining whatsoever no, when you're out no. there for for a great cause. 
I would say I'm half recovered right now. My lower half, my legs and everything are, are kind of fine. Um, it's the upper body. A lot of swings for, for a guy of my age, Shaq. That's a lot of, <laughs> yeah, it is. That's a yeah. lot of you know, rotation, a lot of getting the wrist into the proper spot, you know, a lot of follow through. Yeah. Um, the, the nice thing about this, uh, it was very, uh, just from a pure golf perspective, it was very liberating. I, I enjoyed How so? Well, you, you can swing freely oh, because you know you're going to swing. Yeah. There's so many yeah, swings. Exactly. <laughs> Just, yeah. you're, not, you're not standing over this like, please don't go left. Please don't go right. And I, I had a, a miss. I had a two-way miss on, on Friday. Mm. I, and mm. the nice thing is like each hole you play with several balls at a time because it's the only sensible way to get in 100 holes over the course of the day. So we would put, you know, we play, might play five balls on one par three and three balls on one par four, shortish par four. And so if I... I missed left, then I would turn my whole outfit so I could miss the next two left as well, so I could zoom the card over and play all mm. three balls. But we played all three balls into the hole. I was paired up with a great uh, guy, Mike Antolini from the Tiger Woods Foundation. Oh, great. Oh, I yeah, know Mike. Yeah, you know Mike, sure. of course. Yeah, and and uh, he gives you his best. A little shout out great. to you. Great, nice. And um, we just had a wonderful time going around the track. It got warmer throughout the course of the day. Uh, it may or may not have been helped by the fact that they had um, beer in bottles. Uh. One of my all-time favorite things. Like when they serve the beer in the bottle, um, very authentic. And I, I enjoyed enough of those to warm up in the, in the morning. And then, you know, it, it carried on through, through the balance of the day. And we really wrapped up probably pretty close. 8.30 start time. We were done about 6 o'clock wow. with our, our 100 holes. Uh, and I was very, very proud. The very first swing of the day. Now, I hit more off of this tee, but my very first swing of the day, 100 and let's call it 62-yard par three, I hit a ball, a little butter cut with, of course, one of my brand new Rogue X irons to about 12 feet, and I made the putt shack. Birdie on the Beautiful. very first ball of the day. Wow. It all went downhill from there, of course, yeah. but, you know, awesome experience. I, I highly recommend it. If, if the uh, golf marathon comes to your town, sign up right away. And so how do uh, people kind of get involved in those kinds of 100-hole uh, hikes? Is it, is it individuals in certain areas that just get together and start one? Or yeah, is so it a- I, I think that's what happened. It, it has traditionally been, and, you know, Golf Fights Cancer, its history tracks back to about 15 years ago, a collaboration between the current commissioner of the PGA Tour, Jay Monahan, and uh, his, his co-collaborator, Brian Oates, um, who works for the Patriots, had a friend pass away way too early uh, and, and just were motivated to go do something. And both of them immediately signed up for the Boston Marathon and started raising money by way of, of you know, uh, you know, mile by mile, how can we do this? And so uh, as time went on with the charity, they came to understand not everybody's going to run a marathon like I'm never running a marathon. So they they invented kind of a, a golf-appropriate marathon, which is 100 holes in a day. And it's traditionally been up in the New England area. But, you know, as, as word has spread and folks want to do their part, it has sort of, you know, there are opportunities up and down at least the East Coast now. And I think it's just a simple matter of sort of coordinating with the charity 
Golf Fights Cancer. They know exactly what they're doing in terms of creating these events. You have to find, you know, 30 to 40 hearty souls and you have to mm. find the right venue for it. Yeah. And God bless uh, um, the great facility out at Bretton Woods here in the, in the D.C. area. It's out in Germantown, Maryland. And it's a club that was created for the families, uh, international families coming here to the D.C. area at, at um, it work at the World Bank and the International Monetary oh, really? Fund. Yep. Huh. And so it's a pretty neat uh, place, pretty uh, diverse and international and a great club, perfect venue for this uh, experience. So everything worked out great. Beautiful, beautiful. That's awesome. Well, we haven't talked to anybody uh, really since uh, Sunday night of the Masters. So it's been an interesting few weeks of uh, recuperating. But uh, my sense has been that it, it, it's a Masters that even if people didn't really care for Patrick Reed, they really felt good about. I've had a lot of people bring it up, uh, you know, the usual places you kind of test out what a great, exciting finish it was. So I think uh, all is well in the world of golf in that sense. It was, it was. Uh, I mean, I don't think we really want to belabor too much of Patrick Reed's victory tour. I, I don't quite get people bemoaning his wearing of the green jacket everywhere, but... It's it so just... weird. What, what, what else <laughs> I would, would you in the do? Thing Are you and... kidding me? Of course, yeah. I would never take it off. And yeah. I would, I would be going to like, where are the most people right now? That's where I want to go. That's where I want to be. I want to be where there's this great concentration of humanity because I'm going to be the dude in the green jacket. I just yeah. want the green jacket for Christ's sakes. Let the kid live a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I don't understand it. Again, I think it's probably more personal with him. But he he resurfaces this week at the Zurich Classic, which we'll talk about in a little bit uh, after our chat with uh, Adam Rappaport of Bon Appetit, uh, which is going to get into a lot of food stuff. It's going to be fun. What else do you not want to talk about this week before we get to that? Because we don't want to belabor too much. But uh, did you get a chance yet to listen to, to Bill and Chuck uh, Klosterman talking about the Tiger Woods biography uh, by chance? So I listened to a little bit of it, and I also, you know, had done a little bit on my own um, research around mm -hmm. excerpts of the book and just sort of reading to get a feel for what it's all about. I have to tell you, uh, I think everybody that listens to this podcast knows what a tiger apologist I am. Um, and I have found I've been really uh, turned off by the approach and by the content uh, of this book. It is, a, a to me... Um, just from the the bit that I've read of the book and the bits of of you know the descriptions of folks and other folks' reactions, it's a linear presentation of facts already known with a uh, to me a, an over the line um, interpolation of uh, you know this is what Tiger was thinking and this is yeah. what you know so like when when they're you when you're talking about what the inside of his house looks like as he's sort of going through his recovery and so forth or you're talking about he's in a in a car driving to the airport with Stevie Williams and you're purporting to uh, you know present what what really feels like firsthand information about what each of those individuals was thinking and, and the na nature of that experience I just am really skeptical I just it, it's a hard sell for me I just can't get myself there and it, and it, it it's a, a credibility impairer for me so um, that that's kind of my reaction I have a hard time with it yeah no I do too and part of it is it's just tough to get excited about a biography of somebody who's still living and breathing and performing in front of us. Um, and I, I was a little surprised that, that uh, Bill and Chuck kind of read it uh, as a 
um, almost a postmortem, and that that the the chances of the, of him coming back are kind of over, or or that was the the feeling they had. It, it was interesting, and it just left them with sort of a a bad feeling about about Tiger in a lot of ways, and I I think that's unfortunate. Uh, I understand certainly people being offended by some of the things that they they read, but um, personally, I'm just kind of more interested in the golf side of things and where he goes and and what he does and and so right now it just feels like uh rehashing a lot of things very very uh in a very well written and uh, certainly well documented way but even some of the conversations they went through and some of the stuff related to Bill Clinton you know just has been it could be interpreted a lot of different ways and and there's no question Tiger has uh blown off a lot of things he should have gone to or or this or that but I I just don't know if it's something I want to uh, belabor right now and you could probably really nitpick with a lot of the great stars so it's not been I'll be honest with you house I'm 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 really enjoying much more uh, Golden Days by Jack McCallum, the great uh, Sports Illustrated writer. He's done a cool morphing of the Lakers and uh, of '71, '72, and Jerry West era with the with the, the building of the Warriors, and uh, I'm just finding that a lot more fun to read. But anyway, that's that's just me. Maybe I want a little diversion from golf. Or <laughs> I, I don't really need to know about uh, you know the the rehab and the women again. I, I I've been through it once. Yep, exactly. So, that, that's uh, what else do we not want to talk about this week? Anything else? The Valero Texas Open, the uh, Hugel JTBC LA Open at Wilshire Country Club. Anything well, you got? I, to, I know you that wanna... we are going to uh, talk about Before Wilshire we... a little bit with with uh, Rappo, uh, and it that that whole deal. Um, it was visually stunning, so it's something that I would like to talk about because I know you were physically there. So let's spend at least 120 seconds. Let's okay. give a, a good full <laughs> two minutes on that LPGA uh, event at Wilshire because it felt like we were getting a glimpse at something that um, is is special and rare and, you know, uh, exclusive. And I really um, applaud the LPGA and the club for, you know, figuring out a way to, to let um, the outside world come get a perspective of great players on that course. It's so such so visually arresting. I loved yeah. watching it. How, how was it on the grounds there? Sensational. And they knew there was a good chance we'd get good crowds, but you still never know and, until it happens. And uh, th- this is when Rancho Park hosted the seniors uh, years ago in the middle of the city, we'd get great crowds. And <clears throat> the turnout was phenomenal for this, for a tournament that had been on the schedule for all of five months. And uh, the venue, I thought the uh, the Golf Channel team just did an amazing job of capturing what what is a course that just doesn't get a lot of attention often because of, of Riviera and Los Angeles Country Club in this town. But I guess it was just a combination of, of the weather, the the late light, the the cool architecture, the the great camera shots of, of, of Hollywood and the old studios. And of course, Terry Gannon lives here, so he had just the right amount of kind of LA insights. And then the women really played beautifully you know I, I was i don't get to enough lpga events so it was fun for me just to go out and watch and and i seeing some some impressive uh things going on in the women's game that really get me excited and so it's really fun to see them get put on a golf course like this to get to see players with a it reminded me of old style men's golf there the, the you know nb park's kind of this methodical precision player and she made a couple of gaffes yesterday that what was really ended up being the difference. And then uh, Jutana Garn, uh, she's tiny and she's got a really powerful swing. Uh, and then Ko, the other player in the last group, uh, just has a 
phenomenal golf swing. Absolutely beautiful. And and a little bit different style, also kind of a power player. And uh, that's kind of what you used to see in men's golf. So it'll be fun. Uh, and, and then the short games are just getting better and better in women's golf. That's always been an issue to me. Um, and I don't know what, what that's about. If it's just, it's probably dedication. The dedication of the players out there is amazing. And then they're just fan friendlier. And so the vibe is is a little bit different than a men's event. So it's always well, fun to... To kind of but, see all that, and and yeah, then to have it put in prime time, and then I think juxtapose against the Valero Texas Open on a kind of big soulless golf course um, that that uh, you don't really sense the players are enjoying even that much. I think helped uh, even more as well. So that let me pick up on that because you just sort of tapped onto something. This is going to be much more than a two minute. Uh, yeah, we've already exceeded the one twenty. Well, here's the interesting <laughs> thing about the observation you just made as I'm listening to it and thinking about it. It the 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 great challenge of whatever combination of the current crop of men's players and the equipment and the ball and the impact of those three factors on you know, sort of more traditional uh, uh, courses, and by traditional I mean courses from another era who are, are no longer able to host events. Maybe the way that we can celebrate great architecture and great courses that have been, by virtue of the three factors I mentioned, perhaps rendered uh, uh, vulnerable or even even obsolete by the the, the uh, distance in the men's game, what if we got the women to places <laughs> like the you know Marion and the, and I don't know if the national falls in that category, but some of our our nation's most prized venues that are really not able to to sort of host men's events without uh, significant alteration of the design concept. Yeah. What what is that a, is that an option? What it about is, the yeah. women? Absolutely, Marion's already actually been incredible in terms of uh, supporting the women's game. But but national would be a fascinating one. Chicago Golf Club is hosting the first uh, U.S. Senior Women's Open, and it's kind of uh, uh, I think going to be a breakthrough get for women's golf. And and Wilshire, I believe, will end up being viewed that way because, frankly, I went through the schedule and architecturally. Uh, it's as good as anything they play in the United States. Uh, and, and I think when people see that combination, and then I think it's mostly the clubs as they have to get over probably uh, a little bit of uh, sexism or whatever it is. But I know seeing the way the Wilshire members were last week, how proud they were, the way their course translated to television and seeing those women, how well they played their golf course and, and how Good, their ball striking was how I mean, the, the house it was fast and firm, and and to to win at twelve under was really impressive, and we had some pretty good breezes out there. So I think when clubs get over some of those uh, kind of stereotypes of what and 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 the prestige of hosting a men's versus a women's, they have a chance to really scoop up a lot of courses, and and the Champions Tour has had that too, but. Um, they're struggling at times for sponsors. So, in, in, in there is so much a, a hospitality thing. So, I think you're absolutely right. It's I wrote a piece on Golf Week that touched on this a little bit, and uh, I, I think it's something that the the LPGA Tour needs to to kind of pounce on. And uh, you just look at in every city, there are places like Wilshire's uh, of the world that could could host. Yeah, it feels like there's an opportunity there. And, and you know, this I don't mean to diminish the women's game at all, but the fact that the crowds will be smaller 
definitely creates opportunities in terms of the the ability of the venue to navigate you yes. know just the press of people um so that that is uh i'm 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 into this i hope that they seize the opportunity maybe we I should talk to will. mike Wan. can we can we can he we have out, him on he was out walking with the last group yesterday and i i decided to leave him alone i decided not to bend his ear because i think it was i he was kind of taking in the scene i remember it was on the Seventh and eighth holes, and and the crowd was just uh, enormous. Uh, so it was. I just uh, I had a blast out there. I was so happy for for the whole thing because it really came together last minute. So they'll build on it, and and next year they'll they'll do more. I mean, Mark Wahlberg recorded a great uh, little intro piece, and and uh, Golf Channel did an amazing job showing off the place, and 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 then it just helped. Like today, we just had we we had brutal haze, but but for the four, four days of the tournament, it was absolutely breathtaking out and clear views. Of downtown and, and all that stuff so yeah, it, was, it was uh nice for la and nice uh and there were more people with the last group yesterday than there were for the entire u.s amateur at riviera so that was exciting too um okay so anything else we want to kick around before we get to our our, our good pal adam rapport anything on no, food i'm you hungry want to? i'm You're hungry let's just talk well, to he's Rappo. gonna let's... he's gonna make you hungry but before we do that of course our friends at callaway are makers of the number one putter in golf the odyssey and, and house i know you're excited about this because you actually have studied these photographs more intricately than i have of the new line of xeo putters that were announced uh just last week and will be available on may 18th if you're into industrial design if you're just into design period i think you're going to really get a kick out of these these are absolutely beautiful putters of course they have the the new white hot micro hinge insert you know we we have to have that uh but they have the the feel the sound with the immediate roll from the micro hinge uh, the X, the EXO features three of Odyssey's most popular mallet head shapes, the 7, the Rossi, and the Indianapolis. And each of these models is offered in face balance and toe hang options to fit a golfer's stroke. Go uh, Google around EXO or go to CallawayGolf.com and check those out. I know House you have, and the uh, they're up in the design game. I'm loving this. I'm loving this industrial thing. Yeah, I got to see these putters at the PGA show, and I oh. might have touched one oh. with with both hands of mine. You're kidding! Oh. And uh, it was this. it was it was quite uh, glorious. I really recommend just give hmm. it a, a, a test drive, right? I mean, you you know, putters are a very personal thing. I understand. May 18th. everybody needs to to uh, experience it themselves. I I recommend everybody put both of your hands on one of these things. <laughs> All right, so May eighteenth. Now, in the meantime, though, House, we've got the Zara Classic this week and we thought if we're going to go talk about golf in new orleans we've got to have our good buddy who knows everything there is to know about food style life golf everything as we know it uh that's adam rapaport the editor of bone appetite since 2011 you know how this week they've got restaurants like arnaud's bourbon oh. house dragos oh, oh yeah. of course the cool i mean the new orleans event has got it right and they should it's new orleans it's known for its food uh, and so that's why we want to talk to Adam. Of course, he was previously at GQ for 10 years. He oversaw a range of coverage. He's done everything, food, fashion, and even snuck in a round of golf with Justin Timberlake. He's a regular on House of Carbs. Thank God. I love listening to him. Although you're going to keep him seasonal. I know you said that, but I love his yeah. appearances. Uh, he just attended his first Masters. We're going to grill him about that. And he's going to join us from Condé Nast headquarters in New York City. Let's get to our chat with Adam Rappaport of Bon Appetit. All right, Adam Rappaport, welcome to the Shack House. You know Joe House quite well from all of your appearances on House of Cards, but how are you doing? Have you recovered from the Masters? Uh, yeah, uh, 
I, I ate well at the Masters. I drank well at the Masters. Uh, not a lot of golf or exercise, but, you know, that's how it goes. Uh, you've had a little time to think about it, so how, uh, reflect on your first impressions uh, on your first trip to, to Augusta. You know, well, you were kind enough to walk us around that first day, and I think what's amazing about the Masters was on Wednesday during the practice round, it the, the, felt like the grounds were swarming with people going this way and that and running over to the par three and getting their concessions and going to the pro shops and everything. And I was fascinated on Thursday when I came back, and it was like school was in session all of a sudden. Everyone was quiet. <laughs> Everyone was sitting where they were supposed to sit. There was no running. There was no milling about. Everyone was on their best behavior. And it was fascinating to feel and see that transformation of the general tenor of the course uh, once the actual tournament started. Well, and House, you uh, you guys did a great job on House of Carbs, I thought, uh, covering all the food. And, of course, uh, Adam nailed what I love about the, the Georgia Peach Ice Cream Sandwich. Uh, it's not just the flavor. It's it's the construction of it, the way it doesn't just explode when you take the first bite. It was it was a great listen if people haven't checked out the show. Uh, House, was there anything you wanted to reflect upon, Masters-wise, from your, your time with Adam? I just uh, enjoyed having the opportunity to sit with such an expert uh, f- food person and get some live reviews uh, <laughs> as I t- attempted various hacks. Most of my hacks, he gave uh. me a two thumbs down, but he did. It gave me the, the, a little bit of a, a thumbs up approval when I combined half of a pimento cheese yeah. sandwich with, uh, and I, you're not supposed to say pimento cheese. You're supposed to say half a pimenta with a... <laughs> With one of the classic chicken, you know, the classic chicken comes off as kind of a of, of a dry thing. It's just the protein in the bun, but when you take the the pimenta and and layer it on with the chicken. Now you got yourself something, and uh, I was very pleased. Rappo gave me a thumbs up on that one. All right, so we we had you on Adam this week because it's New Orleans. There's a lot of focus on the food. The PGA Tour has has really gotten into food at at tournaments. More and more food trucks, and 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 I think New Orleans is one of the events that's that's really raised the bar. In our introduction of you, I mentioned some of the people involved, but uh, you, just kind of uh, your overall view of the state of the the well we'll first start with the new orleans food scene and and just uh your impressions of golf tournaments going in this direction with with on-site food that's actually edible all right let's talk new orleans first i you know new orleans is fascinating because for the long i mean for decades and decades and centuries the food scene was kind of the same uh and that's not necessarily a criticism it was, it was just very traditional very steeped in tradition uh and i do feel like in the last 10 years um, certainly post-Katrina, it's modernized a lot, and there's a lot more diversity now to sort of complement those classic eateries. Uh, but it is, it is when you're in New Orleans, and you guys have been there, it literally feels like you're in a different country. And it's like there's nothing else in America remotely like it. And trying to translate that, obviously, to a golf tournament is not the easiest thing. But they, they are bringing in I, – I, mean, I think I sent you the list of some of the, the names. I don't know if it looks uh, – if that excites your senses or if that's – Something that that raises the bar on on people's taste uh, buds and and kind of their awareness of food. Yeah, I think so. I mean, like, listen, if you're if you're in New Orleans, you're, you're yeah, you know food, and you're there to eat. Uh, you have certain expectations. Um, here's my list. All right, so if you're in New Orleans, first thing you're doing, like you know, high rollers like you guys are, mm. you're doing fr- you're doing Friday lunch at Galatoire's. Galatoire's is one of those most classic old school New Orleans restaurants right in the French Quarter. Uh, no reservations. 
So you got to walk in, and then if 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 you're a regular there, they always say to you, uh, "Do you have someone who takes care of you?" And so you <laughs> essentially, the the waiters are like caddies. So you have like your guy. So you have a waiter or your gal who takes care of you. So you don't you put your name down with that waiter. That's who you're requesting to sit in his or her station, uh, and they know you there. And so once you're seated, what I love about Galatoire's, you can go to lunch and you'll see like Archie Manning and those types of folks there. You can go at noon or on a Friday, and you will be there till five o'clock. And when mm. you sit down, once you sit down, they do not give you a menu till you request the menu. So you can sit there mm. and drink for an hour and a half. You've got your Sazeracs going, you're hanging out with your friends, and then when you're ready to order, then you order. But you, it, it is a very leisurely sort of all afternoon affair, and you're getting the kind of the classic New Orleans food. You're getting, you know, the fish of the day, meunier with crab meat on top. You've got mm. uh, the souffle potatoes with a béarnaise dipping sauce. Uh, you have a thing called the Grand Goûté, which is a sort of like a seafood tasting plate with like the, you know, the shrimp in the remoulade and a crab oh. sauce and, and whatnot. Um, and it's just that, that sort of experience where you're like, oh, this is what New Orleans is all about. And like, you get it. And you, you, no one is in a rush. You're just sort of taking your time, hanging out and drinking and eating uh, and hanging out in the air conditioning, most importantly. <laughs> Okay, so that's lunch, and that, I don't, do we even have room for dinner? After? That just well, sounds that, amazing. That, you're just going out and drinking at night, so that, that's okay. one. On the old side of things, on the new side of things, our best new restaurant in America last year uh, was called Turkey and the Wolf, um, and it's actually a sandwich shop uh, in New Orleans. This guy, Mason Hereford, runs it, um, and he kind of looks like McConaughey's brother um, from Days and Confused. He's got, like, the mustache and the trucker hat and everything, and he's this sort of mad genius of making these sandwiches that are essentially kind of what you grew up eating, but like the best, best, best version of it. He's got like fried bologna uh, with potato chips in there and griddled toast and American cheese. Uh, he has a collard green melt, which is like a, a patty melt, but with collard greens and Swiss cheese and pickled cherry pepper dressing. And it's everything you bite into, you're like, oh my God, I had no idea idea that this type of sandwich could be so good. The tomato sandwich that he does down there with Duke's mayonnaise uh, and sunflower seeds and oh, like everything, you're just like, that is the maximum amount of flavor you could possibly pack into something. Uh, and you'll have to wait in line to get in, but it is absolutely worth it. Uh, 110%. House has gone quiet on us. I'm, I'm worried, Adam, that he's just kind of disappeared. No, Did I'm he... taking it all in. I, I look. It's not uh, like you usually make uh, groaning noises or other noises. Well, I'm, he, here's the I'm thing. I've been, I was fortunate enough uh, to have a pass at this um, New Orleans uh, uh, itinerary just uh, uh, two weeks ago. Oh. We in in a ranking on on the House of Carbs. I'm not sure if you had a chance to listen yet. Bill Simmons came on, and we did a ranking of 16 to 1 of all 16 NBA cities, uh, any, all the cities that host NBA teams that are in this 2018 NBA playoffs. And, of course, uh, New Orleans came in number one. So I, I've been, I, you know, I, I want to hear uh, uh, Adam's roster here. 
and then and then compare it to the notes that I took as we you know how we came up with our ranking of, of New Orleans number one. It's not really that 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 far of a stretch though uh, to to declare New Orleans at least for among the sixteen cities that have NBA teams in these playoffs as number one. I mean they it it, it edged out uh, Houston and and Toronto and the Bay Area, but still it's not like anything that anybody could could really get outraged about about. No, it would be nice if our New York City Knicks were in the playoffs. So that that could at least be in the competition of, <laughs> of best uh, NBA. Got to make the playoffs. Got to make the playoffs, New York. Uh, so New Orleans, yeah. It's, my my take on New Orleans is uh, it, again, it, it's a place unlike any other to steal a Masters line. Uh, <laughs> the culture is as deep and rich as it gets. The one knock against New Orleans is it can be a little monotonous, if you will. Um, While it is more diverse than it used to be, there's not as many types of sort of cuisines and restaurants. Uh, You're going to have to look really hard to get anything remotely healthy-ish or like a fresh salad there, uh, which is fine if you're only there for a couple of days, but uh, it will take a toll on you. You will be bringing bringing the extra large pack of Tums with you uh, when you go there. Um, And you also, listen, Po' Boys, we didn't even talk about Po' Boys. you got to go on a Po' Boys tour. Uh, I love Lauta's by the track, which is an awesome bar slash po' boy joint. You can also have great gumbo there. Uh, there's a cool place called Killer Po' Boys, which is in the back of an old bar. And there they do kind of a new school Vietnamese riffs on po' boys. And they've got like a, some mm. shrimp po' boys, like a banh mi. They do a pork belly one. So they've sort of like sort of modernized the game a little bit. Uh, but that one, that one's definitely worth hitting up as well. And is there a, uh, I love New Orleans music. I love the 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 kind of the the vibe. Is there any place that, that combines uh, great food and and the music scene? Oh, that's a really good question. The last time I was at mm. the um uh in the what is it the Hi Ho Lounge uh which was so it's a sort of an awesome place where you get the sort of the bands and it's like kind of a it's I, I God, how it's just quirky and oddball. It's it's mm. rollicking. It's jumping Ooh. outside. The last time I was there, they had like the um, the pleather sort of sparkly vinyl uh, banquettes just pulled out on the sidewalk, and you're just like people are just sitting there on the sidewalk, and there was a dude there with a big ass kettle grill going, just grilling up wings, and you're listening to the band out inside, coming out with your beer because you can drink on the streets there, buying wings from this guy sitting in these booths on the middle of a sidewalk and you're like god bless this place yeah and didn't didn't commander's palace uh doesn't that place get credit for inventing the jazz brunch (laughs) i mean yeah there's two two words that i don't particularly love are jazz and brunch and those together uh you know but you know i but I, I, I digress. In most cities, that would scare me like five ways to hell. But in New Orleans, you're like, oh, that's actually a, a probably good. And they got good music, and they got good drinks, uh, and they got good food. So they actually know how to do it right there. Yeah, birthplace of jazz, and basically all of the food you might eat in New Orleans, it's all brunch food because it's all 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 day food. All the food in New Orleans is all day food, as far as I'm concerned. If you're in New Orleans, you can have gumbo at 11 o'clock at night or 6:30 in the morning, and hopefully in the same day. 6:30 in the morning is your first, and then 11 o'clock at night is your is your is your capper. I would say, no, I would do it the other way around. 6.30 in the morning is your last. Like That's what you're eating right before you go to bed because you've been out all night on Bourbon Street, Joe. Come on, man. Yes, yes, well done. That's exactly right. 
All right. Well, none of the pro golfers this week will be doing that because they actually have to play golf in the Zurich Classic. But Adam, to to pivot to the actual purpose of this podcast, tell us a little bit about your life in golf. How did you get into the game, and kind of your assessment of uh, your 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 level of passion and and frequency of play these days i started playing in high school in washington dc where i grew up uh, with oh, joe nice. house although i did not know joe house but we're the same mm. age grew up in the 80s i would play the rock creek course uh, rock creek golf course which is a city-run course uh, and I, I think it was like 10 bucks maybe for either either nine holes or 18 i couldn't remember but back in the day we'd take our dad's you know big you know heavy leather bags with the persimmon clubs and just go out there and whack it around uh and i kind of got into it there and then got back into it when i moved to manhattan in the 90s and you're, there's that great window when you have a job but you're not married and don't have kids and so like every saturday you're like all right Let's go play golf. I literally have nothing else to do. Uh, so got heavily into golf, and then I've just been watching and, and watching way too much golf every weekend ever since then, listening to Shack House. Uh, yeah, just consuming uh, an, an inordinate amount of golf. Um, and I just, yeah, it's one of those things I love, and I just, uh, again, I, I, I can't get enough of it. Um, and, and, and I do think as much as I kind of say this is a terrible thing to say, but golf is like sex in a lot of ways. You talk about it a lot more than you do it, um, especially living in New York City. It's just like it takes forever to get to the course. You yeah. know, it's expensive. Uh, you got—I have a wife and kid now and a job. Um, but yeah, I definitely we I, we plan it. We plan it a lot. We talk about it, and every now and then we get out and play. Uh, so, how has golf, or has golf, in any way shaped your your? leanings in terms of taste style food uh, i know golf tends to be a few years behind the rest of culture so that may uh be an issue for you but but has it been a part of your life that way well one of the the, the best things about working for Condé Nast is i've been able to play courses that i have no right to play and given my <laughs> given my <laughs> skill level uh and through like the guys at golf digest which is part of our company I've been able to play Shinnecock the last like five years every October, where this obviously the U.S. Open is uh, coming up soon. Uh, and that course is just, that's my favorite course in America. It's the most gorgeous, beautiful course, the waving fescue grass and the green fairways and the beautiful Sanford White Clubhouse up on the hill. And then after you're done playing there, when we've had our gatherings, there's always a guy with like the clam and oyster bar standing outside, shucking oysters and clams for you. That one's amazing. Um, I played the last couple of has been lucky to play Pine Valley with Jerry Tardy, the editor of Golf Digest. Um, and Pine Valley, rugged course, challenging course. And if you, when you go there, they will always, anyone you're with who's a member will insist that you get the snapper soup, which is Yeah, so what's your take on soup. it? House, did you have it when you went? Of course, you can't go there and not have the turtle soup. I was the guy who didn't want it. I'm like, I don't want turtle soup for lunch. Me, I no, just want no. my club sandwich. I don't want it to do the whole thing where you get the sherry and you pour it in there and that uh, gumbo-like yeah. stock. Why, why, why not? What are you talking about? What, I'm, I mean, a, I, I'm a very delicate eater. I don't want to upset my stomach before I get yeah. on the course. I just wanted like a light lunch. You know, I, I don't want to overdo it. Well, this is a good uh, segue into one of the topics I know uh, Shaq wanted to make sure that we covered today, which is your, you know, it, you, you're in charge. It's your golf course. It's, uh, we'll call it uh, uh, Rappo Links or the, the Links at yeah. Rappo, you know, Fields. National. Yeah, yeah. Links, at, <laughs> Links at Rappo National. That's right. Uh, and you get to design 
the food, um, the menu, and the, the the kind of situation. Like, where do you want the halfway house? Do you want it halfway? And what do you want to be on that halfway house menu? I don't want to uh, uh, over overwhelm you with the, all the variables yeah, here. It's but a lot, that's, but let's yeah. let's let's start with that as kind of the all lead right. item. Okay, first and foremost, the first thing you eat, like if you're a golf course these day, this day and age, you got to have a good egg and cheese sandwich, and maybe mm. you got a little ham on there, a little bacon, or a little sausage. But if you have an eight a.m. tea time, you did not wake up and make breakfast for yourself, right? So you get to the course, and they have to have it ready to go, wax, you know, wrapped in wax paper, maybe on a little Kaiser roll or something squishy. And I want that, yeah, I want just like I want American cheese. I want a little hot sauce on there, and like you got you got to give me something. I don't want a granola bar for breakfast. I don't want an energy bar for breakfast. Give me some egg and cheese. <laughs> that's that's what I mean. You know, when house when you and I were at Sea Island, Georgia last month, remember that little stack of those they had at the little buffet table that you could grab yes. them and go. As you were as you're walking by, oh. they're on your way through the the, the clubhouse uh, en route to the to the first tee. And I want to say I had a good one at, at Wilshire also, Wilshire Country Club, where the LPGA tournament was last week. They have a good one at the little sort of a, the to go shack, and that's what there there needs to be. A, there has to be a to go ness. I don't want to have to sit down and eat breakfast at a, at a golf course. Yeah, and is the egg runny on that? Are you, are you or do you want it cooked a little longer so that you don't make a big mess to start the day? Yeah, you know, I've been the guy where I bite into like the fried egg sandwich, and yeah. I've got the sandwich tilted, and then all the yolk just runs straight right. out onto the table, and I feel like a, a dipstick. So I usually, I personally like a, soft, a sort of a soft scramble uh, oh. with a little salt and pepper, and in, in, in the scramble itself, and, and the American cheese gives me the gooeyness that I need. Okay. Okay. So um, grab and go and for breakfast. Yeah, grab and go for breakfast. Halfway house. I think there's some like, some some good ones now where they're they're getting creative. Where they're, it's kind of the self serve sort of deal a lot of times where they've got the little like drawer, the refrigerator drawers that you pull out. I mean, that's really nice. That's stocked up with sort of grab and go stuff. Uh, Shaq, we were talking earlier, and you were talking about the burger dog at Olympic. Which talk to me about that because I'm I'm very intrigued. Yeah, it's the perfect uh, food, uh, really, for a golf course because it, first of all, the um, the the Bill Burger there is situated in the in the the the, the uh, halfway house comfort station, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's at the tenth green, uh, which is great. But what's even better, uh, it's it's not far from the fourteenth green. It's not far from the sixth uh, green, so you can hit it a few different times during the round. Um, and it's just a cool tradition. It was a, a shack that was uh, off property. The members loved it. Um, they brought it on property. There's a great piece on uh, GolfDigest.com by Matt Rudy. If you want all the details on on Bill and how it became this this hot dog stand slash burger, um, but they sell about 200 of them a day. They've been doing it for, gosh, uh, probably 40 years. Um, but what's great about it is that if you're walking, and most people are walking the Olympic Club, it's the, it's the, it's the, the verticality. <laughs> it's the hot dog shape, but it's done as a burger. Um, and it just, you get the smell throughout the golf course, which to me is vital. Uh, it just gets you excited as you're, as you're kind of building up to the 10th hole, uh, and you can smell it. And then they, um, they prepare it for you. Now you can ask for some things to be left off. Um, but they kind of do it a certain way. And I seem to remember 
somebody asking for ketchup last time that I was there, and they were they were kind of uh, scoffing at that. But they it's, it's cheese, red relish, mustard, dill pickles, and onions, um, and it's just very simple, really. They even put the recipe on the uh, Hot Dog Bill's website, and and it's just uh, you can you you can walk and eat it. It's easy to set down. It's not it's tasty, but it's not messy. Um, and then again, the smell throughout the golf course is just it's just amazing. Yeah, I, I, I had a couple of thoughts. A, I think that the hot dog shape is genius because you can you can grab it with one hand, and so that's yeah. key. I had one small issue on when they were talking about the recipe. They said they use eighty five percent lean beef. Yeah, that's too lean. If you want it more like eighty percent, you want twenty percent fat. That's what's going to give you the really good like Shake Shack style burger, where it's just mm. really rich and, and fatty. You want some of that fat for that crisp and, and juicy. Yeah. so that's that okay. daddy has some fat. Small complaint. That no, that's good to know. That's absolutely it, good to know. Um, exactly. And I, I think with the, with the halfway house, as you point out, A, it needs to be accessible more than just once during the round. There's nothing worse than when yeah. you're on that. Of course, you only come by it once, like on the ninth hole. You're like, that's, well, you know, maybe I'm hungry before that or after that. So it, it's got to be accessible more than once. Yeah, and it, and it has to be. Those sort of places need to be a little bit quick. Is there anything worse than when you order something and you're just waiting uh, and waiting and waiting? Yeah. Yeah. So, no, it doesn't work. And the, the call ahead thing isn't right. Um, now, that's what's probably what people love about the comfort stations now, where it's sort of the all you can eat. They just tend to be a little bit too conspicuous consumption driven for me. Uh, that's what I love about uh, the the bill stand there at, at Olympic, because it's just they, they keep it very simple. They don't do a whole lot, uh, but they know what they do well. Um, now, to your point, though, on hitting it multiple times in the round, there are places uh, in different parts of the world that are doing something I like that's that's different, and you have to prepare for it, but where they actually have a little more elaborate situation, and it's almost something you know is part of the round. You almost stop, and, and if somebody wants to go through, it's a great place to let them go through, but it's kind of a spot where you sit, you chill, you take in the view of, of whatever it is. Um, there are a few of I mean, the Valley Club in Montecito has an unbelievable one up in the Oaks that they set up for, for weekends and tournaments that, that's uh, – just incredible. And again, it's a place like, hey, if there's a group of people that are flying, you let them go. Um, Gil Hansen, I routed a course in Puerto Vallarta. It was kind of a weird site. And we had it starting down at the ocean. You go up to this high point, and we were going to have a spot where the, literally there was just a cool outdoor setting where you you kind of chilled. You, you had some ceviche and maybe a little tequila. And it was just, it, you knew it was going to be part of the round and the experience. Most people don't like that. They're in a hurry. Um, I think, but I think if you nice know it's if, coming, if, if, it's okay. Expected and like you yeah. go to some of those private clubs where you're expected to finish your round in four hours, and if you don't, you get yeah. a letter from the from the boss right. man. Um, so, have you ever had? I always hear about like the milkshakes at what is it, Castle Pines in Colorado, or yeah. the, or the yeah. one at Jack's Place in, in Ohio? Have you had the milkshakes at those joints? I have, and they are sensational. There's no question; they really are special. Um, but you don't but consume I, I, those during the round, do you? I, yeah, see that now they're more locker room post yeah, round, and that's, that makes that's, sense. Yeah, because it's you can't have a shake on the course; it just isn't it isn't right. Um, I mean, but I think that's what's cool about golf right now. There are a lot of places doing their own thing, their own little twist on something. Yeah, I think uh, we've hit. You guys have both hit on sort of the key attributes, the key features of what you're trying to consume during a round, and the various yeah. ways you might might do it. It has to be portable. That's a vital characteristic, and it has to be to me 
It needs to be something that can be eaten in six bites or less. I can't have anything that that's uh, more involved than six bites, and it can't be. It can have a sauce or a condiment of some sort, but it can't be messy because there's an excellent no. chance I'm eating it with my golf glove still yeah. on my hand, and I can't ha- get into a situation where my golf glove is is befouled by whatever <laughs> uh, you know s- sausage. Yeah. So yeah. one of the things uh, I like also, um, that also. If you're like Rory or Jordan Spieth and you're wearing white pants, you can't have like the barbecue sauce no, and everything dripping all over your white pants. Well, that's, <laughs> this is this is a great segue. I was going to observe one of the things I've liked and, and seen. Now, the, the, the chicken salad in a cup is a classic. Mm. The in, innovation that I've observed and enjoyed quite a bit uh, down at, at the Piedmont Driving Club down in Atlanta is uh, one place I've enjoyed this. Q in a cup. So it's a little bit of a pulled pork kind of deal or beef barbecue, depending on what they have going that day. Not overly sauced. Uh, just, you know, the, 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 they might present it with just the, 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 the smoked flavor, and then you can add a little sauce if you're inclined to do so and you want to live yeah, dangerously. I, but. I, I, no, I'm, I, I beg to differ. I've not been to said, said place, but that requires you to hold it in one hand. Then you have to have a utensil, like a spork or something, and like, what are you doing? Wait, you're doing this how? Like, mm. what if you're driving the golf cart or say it's a walking course and you got your clubs and you've got two hands full? That's house. Come on. No, it's Ooh. it's a it's a it's part of the routing. So as you proceed from one side to the other side of the golf course, this is properly located, and the idea is that you will be done consuming this by the time you make it to the to the next hole, mm. and you are able to uh, navigate the fork and the, and the, and the cup by virtue of one of two things: either you're with a caddy that's helping you along. Uh, or you are in a cart and and everything is is self-contained and you can go ahead and take a minute and have a couple bites and then roll over to the next tee and finish off the the remaining two or three bites again six bites or less and then you're on to the next uh, portion of the golf course. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to play it. I guess it also appeals to the gluten free crowd because there's no bun involved. So I guess they they would like that. <laughs> All right. What about after the round? Okay, what's what's your dream setup? Because because there's like there's. If you play early, you've got lunch. If you play later, you've got drinks and stuff. Lunch, like, I'm okay with getting a little bit creative, you know, but don't get fancy with me. There's other words when you go to the clubhouse and, oh, we've got this great new chef who just came in. I'm like, I don't care about your chef. Like, I go to enough restaurants with fancy chefs. Like, I don't need to go to the clubhouse and get a fancy chef. I want a cob salad. I want a club sandwich. House and I, at Sea Island House, those cob salads were Amazing, beautiful cob salad, and then you could choose between shrimp on top, blackened chicken, or the fried chicken sort of chopped up tender sort of situation. Then you get the avocado and the egg and the blue cheese and the crisp bacon, and that was. I, I, am I wrong? Was that wonderful? That was wonderful, and you, they also offered a version of the club sandwich that you're talking about that had lump crab in it, and I'm going to botch oh. the name. I don't have it off the top of my head now, but you could eat it in the men's clubhouse, and we were lucky enough uh, uh to play some afternoon rounds while we were down there at Sea Island in between some instruction in the morning and our afternoon round. And this lump crab club sandwich was just spectacular. It has a special name down there, and everybody knows say, it down I there. I want to say it was the, the Crabcino sandwich. There we go, the Crabcino. Dude, dude, I mean, back me up. That was a, a wonderful variation, a mm. local yeah. uh, custom uh, uh, variation on it, right? And I, I would file that under creative 
but not fancy. You know what I'm saying? Like also yeah, when yeah. we were Word. And afterwards, we last year, Shaq, how come you never come on these golf trips with us? Did how uh, like you? I tried to get invited this year, but um, <clears throat> <laughs> so sponsors. I don't, you know, it was we're for people who had to knock off the East Coast rough. Uh, rough. Yeah, so we're, I, we're, I, we're, I, we're a little judgmental about you West Coasters, but um, we were at TBT. No, it's, Songrat no, it's jealousy because we can play golf year round. Go ahead. We were at TPC Sawgrass last year, and what I loved there in the clubhouse, which is a lot of fun. I mean, I know this lot's been rented out clubhouse and how big it is and all that sort of stuff, uh, but good vibes in there. The A, they have homemade potato chips with all their sandwiches. Mm. The potato chips are quite good, and they're dusted with some sort of seasoning salt. So when you get a sandwich to go, they put it in the little plastic clamshell thing with the, the, the uh, potato chips. And then house after the round, do you remember the buffalo shrimp we got? They were absolutely wonderful. I, I remember them because we got a round of them, and they were like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is not nearly enough. We need two more rounds of these. Yeah, so we, we immediately double-ordered because of the, the, the quality of that experience. Yeah, so they're essentially buffalo wings, but with big, plump, like, southern shrimp, and oh, that, that was phenomenal. So, yeah, I like that sort of stuff. I'm like, it's smart. But it's not trying to go into like restaurant fancy French or whatever sort of food, you know. Right. Like I don't uh, that that's the kind of food I wanted at a golf course. I wanted to be yeah, delicious, well executed versions of classic food. Okay, I know. And then, but but it's okay if they're they they try the little twists on the classics. You 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 do like that if a place finds something kind of a sweet spot where something works. Yeah, you know, like I said, you, if they do it well, that's great. Yeah. And then I'm, I also, I'm the guy who I will always order the club sandwich at the club. Um, and <laughs> maybe, I always have an issue. I don't understand people who do the ham, the cheese, and the turkey together on a club sandwich. In my mind, a turkey, a club sandwich is turkey, bacon, and then lettuce, tomato, and mayonnaise. But right. I don't know, what do you guys think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. And so, so that's like when when people go to a Mexican restaurant and get the number one with the you know, the beef taco and the cheese enchilada. This is your your barometer, the club sandwich. You just kind of exactly uh, uh, okay. Yeah, do, do I, I, I love that. that. Well, I, yeah. I also think it's nice at a at a club at lunchtime. I like it in the in a town that they give you these half a sandwich and soup option. Soup of the I think yeah. that's a nice option yeah. for lunchtime before you go out and play. As long as it's not the snapper soup. Um, now, kind of what, what do you uh, take uh, as sort of – because clubs right now, especially, and resorts, everybody's struggling in golf where they, they want to improve the food and beverage and people are demanding it. But then there's so much competition from the restaurant industry. It's so incredible now where you, what you can do. So what is your view on kind of the formal dining, the, 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 the evening uh, post-round meal – uh, the the kind of the answer to that. What what is what is a club and what does golf have going for it that that uh, restaurants don't have? And what can it milk out of all of their great facilities? Well, I think I think what it has going for it, if you're a member somewhere, is is comfort factor. They know you. They take care of you. You've got your guy who, yeah, you know, your waiter again. Like going back to Galatoire, you got you got the bartender, or the waiter who takes care of you. It's like your caddy in the restaurant, and I, I think they when the, the, you use the word formal, and that is the last thing people want at a club. Mm. It's, it's it's almost the last thing people want in restaurants these days. Um, you know, it, it, go to the best restaurants in America right now. None of them have tablecloths. None of them have big flower displays or fine china and. and 
glassware. It's it's these restaurants that are fun and young and like great food, but without the pretense and the arrogance. And and mm. clubs need to follow suit. And I think certain places do. I think I mean I've been with House at a Chevy Chase Club outside of DC, and House when we were there at night, like that's a fun place. Like there's kids running around, there's music playing, you're hanging out with the Adirondacks chair, you're getting what's that cocktail you guys drink there? Uh, we were drinking. Well, we 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 have introduced the fescue rescue there. We just ordered those to our own heart's content. You know the the uh, drink that that the folks at uh, Aaron Hills um, were drinking uh, allegedly. You know, it's a uh, ginger beer oh, and yeah. Uh, yeah. bourbon. I think if I'm if I'm not recalling. Uh, if I'm not, there's also a planner's punch, a version of planner's punch over there with a rum topper that, that is potent. But yeah, I mean, the, the Chevy Chase Club's great because it's a family vibe where, you know, the dads can sit together and have a drink and the kids are having their fun and we're off at the pool and the moms are all, you know, doing their thing as well. Yeah, you, and, next and they, year. And they also oh. have, you know, you know what they have, which everyone loves in America? They've got a good sushi bar. Everyone wants sushi. Like, if you have a good sushi bar, no one will ever complain. And again, like, what I love about that hmm. place is it's fun. And, it, and if you have kids, and if your kids are having fun, then you're having fun, you know? Right. And, yeah. And, and, and that's what a club can offer that restaurants typically cannot. Yeah, and a lot of clubs now are getting the the pizza ovens so that that the kids have something more fun to eat. Um, oh the place God, you yeah. you guys have but to you, go if you come back to wait, Augusta. But, but oh, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. Do you know who Do you know who else likes pizza? Everyone likes pizza. Yeah. You, pizza <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like God. It's like I hate to say, like for kids of all ages, but especially out in California, Arizona, where the weather's nice, and you can be hanging outside on the patio, and you got a pizza oven, a big, you know, one of those cool clay pizza yeah. ovens going, and you have a rotisserie grill grilling up, you know, all sorts of tasty meats. Like that's what you want. You want to be hanging out outside. Like I can go yeah. get fancy food any other night of the week. When I'm at the club, I want to just chillax, you know, get my drink on and eat some tasty food, but nothing too fancy. Wow! Yeah, everything you've described is uh, is what they do at Augusta Country Club. They've they've taken their money uh, from Augusta National and spent it very well. They have a they have a couple of outdoor fire pits. They've got one with a with a couple of flat screens so that it's more and it's a little bit away. So if you want to go and watch a sporting event, but the thing you have to have at the Augusta Country Club, and this gets to Rappa, your your parameters that you've laid out here for for a dessert drink. They do a velvet hammer. They've done it forever. And and it's it's all the little stuff they do. I I, I asked uh, uh, my uh, member who hosted last time, Chad Evans, who I met through uh, Jonathan Baker, who works for the Masters. And the ingredients are simple: it's Briar's vanilla, Kahlua vodka. They don't try to reinvent the wheel, but but they do a couple of things you'll you'll appreciate. Little little touches. First of all, they don't uh, make it ridiculously large because it is fairly potent, and they serve it in uh, the club's logoed styrofoam cup. Or uh, sometimes a, uh, the the logo plastic cup like you guys got at the Masters with the the beverages, mm-hmm. and and so that way you kind of you don't feel like you're you're being told to rush. It's kind of encouraged to be a social drink. You walk around, uh, but you can take it home, you know, because it's a it's a it's a dessert shake. But it tastes so good. They're so well prepared, and, and they've been doing it forever. Nobody can even recall when it started. It's been going on so long. And it's just one of those great little traditions at all their events. It's it's sort of expected. And I think it fits your parameters, because even though, you know, you, ice cream is is incredible in a lot of different ways, but Breyers is, you can't go wrong. And um, done right, the execution is just masterful. So, 
Um, you have to go there. Their whole outdoor thing is amazing. And not enough clubs really are um, highlighting the importance of the There's, outdoor dining, I don't think. Shaq, what, what here's, we, we have to make you a deal, right? Because we, we, yeah. we can't just go there. So Well, I would arrange to yeah. introduce you to the right people. Yeah, yeah. So we'll invite you. You can come to Knock Off the Rust 2019 if you can make this introduction for us to get yeah. over to the Augusta Country Club and enjoy this this delicious drink. Oh, it's a I, great place. I, I want to very quickly, uh, I'm, I'm not interrupting you, Rappo. I don't want to get yelled at for not knowing the ingredients of, of the Fescue Rescue. It's a third Jameson, a third lemonade, and a third ginger beer. Perfect summer drink. Nice. And you know what's yeah. funny about all these things we've talked about today that are sort of iconic, whether it's the Velvet Hammer, the Fescue Rescue, the Burger Dog, these are all very simple things. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, yeah. there's nothing highfalutin about any of these, and these are what people love. And like, yeah, you're hanging out outside, you got the fire pit going, you got your styrofoam cup with some, some ice cream and Kahlua and vodka in there. Like, that's what makes you happy, man. Like, that's golf, you know? Like, that's, and that's why I, 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 when golf's done well, when clubhouses get it right, you're like, oh, this is awesome I, I don't want to leave you know and that's what the clubhouse wants you to be they, they want you to spend time there and if they do it right that's what you want to do we're in agreement <laughs> well I, house or anything else we we want to get out of him while we've got him here before he goes and has probably some amazing food tonight what are you having for dinner tonight uh, I'm going to a very nice restaurant called King uh, in downtown Manhattan, the West Village, uh, and it's very simple Italian food, like Italian-Italian, like a plate of like Tuscan beans and a simple piece of like mm. roast pork, maybe a little pasta, a beautiful mm. salad. Um, again, no bells and whistles, but really nice ingredients prepared very simply and very well in a very nice intimate space. Uh, going to meet another couple there, so that should be fun. So Great. I just have I have one request, Shaq, and this is the okay. you know if we're gonna we want to the last thing for for Rappo, as he mentioned, the U.S. Open this year is mm. being competed, barely two hours competed. away from, from from New York City. Where else is it? What house do you describe? It? It's being competed. It's being played. It's being played. Sure, whatever. <laughs> Right outside of New York's two hours away, out there on lovely Long Island, we're all going to be in each other's company, uh, at either in New York City proper or out at, at Shinnecock. I mean, we got to have a meal together, right? Yeah. Well, or we could try to actually do golf beforehand. Would I think that would be the wiser move. I mean, I would love that. I don't think we'll be able to lunch at the National Golf Links for a little while. I believe the kitchen's going to be down, but oh. all is well. Nothing on the walls burned. Everything's okay. good there. Was, so, yeah. That wasn't a shot. I'm very happy to. Okay, I was good. worried about we'll, all the paintings and stuff. I, we'll work on. Yeah. We'll work on an invite to like uh, Friar's Head or Maidstone or one of those. Yeah, we shouldn't telegraph it too hard. But I've already I'm started saying, working on be that. Out actually, there. yeah, we're no, we're, I've already started working on it. So yeah, yeah, I, I know yeah, you. Yeah, I know yeah. you have. So yeah, keep those dates the weekend before the U.S. Open available. Uh, you got that, that, that Rappo? Makes me all very happy. <laughs> yeah, keep the counter good. clear. We're going to eat and play golf. All right, well, you go enjoy your dinner at King. House and I are going to talk about the uh, Valero Texas Open and uh, uh, make do we, some Do big... we have to? No, we're not going to. Okay, We've good. already done it a little bit. We're going to make some thrilling predictions about the Zerk, but we really appreciate the thoughts. Um, obviously, everybody can follow you on your 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 best uh, platforms are Instagram, Twitter, and uh, how, Snapchat might be a little tough for House and I, but uh, those are your three primary yeah, you, you can find me uh, okay. on Instagram and Instagram stories at Rapo Four, just R A P O numeral four, and yeah, lots of food stuff and occasional golf and this and that. 
Uh, love your love your stories, and of course, Bon Appetit. I read on Texture, or courtesy of Texture, on the iPad. But of course, everybody knows they can go online and subscribe very easily. It's a a, a phenomenal magazine. I love your columns. May is a travel issue, but the, there's no golf. But that's okay. We won't hold it against you, and we look forward to more great issues to come. All right. Thanks so much, guys. All right. Thanks, All right. Rappo. Cheers. Bye bye. All right, as always, big, big thanks to the homie Adam Rappaport for coming on this Shack Hose production and giving us all that glorious food and golf insight. Shaq and I are about to give out our picks for this week's Zurich Classic. But before we get there, quick word from our pals at Helix Sleep. There is nobody on the planet like you, so why would you buy a mattress built for anyone else? Working with the world's leading sleep experts, Helix Sleep has developed a mattress that is customized to your specific height, weight, and sleep preferences so you can have the best sleep of your life at an unbeatable price. Just go to helixsleep.com and fill out their two-minute sleep quiz. In 2018, Helix Sleep has taken customized sleep to the next level with the Helix Pillow, which are fully adjustable so you can achieve perfect comfort regardless of sleep position or body type. You know, Shaq, I'm getting two of those. I'm getting one for my head (laughs) and one to put in between my legs because my hips after 100 holes of golf. No, I'm just telling you. Oh, it's only for the the post 100 holes. Okay. okay. Yeah, for the 100 holes. I got to prop them up. Helix will also, Shaq, design your custom mattress for even you and a partner. So how about that? A little bit of a custom for you, custom for the partner. Helix Sleep has... Thousands of five-star reviews, plus you get 100 nights to try them out. Go to helixsleep.com slash shuckhoos right now, and you will get up to $125 towards your mattress order. That's helixsleep.com slash shackhouse for up to $125 toward that mattress order. helixsleep.com slash shackhouse. Do it now. All right, House, the Zurich Classic returns for the second year now with uh, two-man teams. They're playing alternate shot two rounds. They're playing uh, best ball the other two rounds. It's going to be a pretty good field again. Actually, a really good field, I think, if you break down the world ranking. Uh, It's marked by the return of Brooks Kepka. Um, and I think you're really most excited, uh, not that he's paired with Mark Ternessa, or that they are debuting the team of Sergio Garcia and Rafa cabrera Bale. No, I think you're most excited about the walk-up music you on the weekend. You know me so well. Yeah. You yeah. know me so well, oh, Shaq. All right. God, give me, gonna I'm going to so give you bad. mine. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to give you mine. You have to give me yours. I don't, I don't have a... Oh, please. Come no. on. What are you talking about? I have, obviously... I'm going with I, – I, I would choose uh, – you know, I might actually – are they playing it all four days or for – No, no, just the weekend. Oh, just the you weekend. You have to okay. make the cut. So well, that means these guys I, I, who are scripting out their, their likely walk-up music really need to preface it by saying, if we make the weekend. But anyway, all right. go well, on. My, um, so Saturday, my song – both oh, of these oh, are iterations have, of the same song, Now, you obviously. have a partner in this event, so you really only get to pick one, and the partner should, in theory, get the other song, right? Uh, the I, other day? I, I no. guess. I, I would try and, and dominate. Right. I would try and We're force team, my will. We're a team. You can pick our music. All right. My, well, I'm picking for the Saturday. Yeah, and you don't – obviously, you get to choose your own. 
Sean. I'm picking, I'm housing, <laughs> I'm housing by EPMD, the classic rap duo. I'm going way back to the late 80s, early 90s. EPMD, I'm oh, housing. <laughs> Come on, Shaq. Nah. You don't got really? one for me? Yeah. <laughs> And and how are you gonna? I guess I'd be. I'm I mean, struggling Rage with Against the Machine did a version of it subsequent in the 2000s, but how I, are I, you, I like to go with the old school version. I want to kick it my way. And and are but how are you? Like, are you gonna come out dancing to this? Nah, I mean, that's nah, what nah, I'm nah, at. I that's just, what I, all I want to do is create the vibe. I'm not doing anything. I'm walking up. I'm putting my tea in the ground. I'm hitting the ball. The music speaks for itself. Yeah. Okay. I don't need to the, the 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 show is the song. I don't need to put on an extra show. The show is the song and my glorious driver swing, Shaq. Yeah, I just know. I'm 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 anxious to see how guys handle the the actual walk. Like uh, now, Bubba Bubba could probably pull off something with the music. There are a few guys I could see handling it, but I mean, like so, like if I'm walking out to the Love Shack by the B52s, which is you know really predictable choice for me but i think it's it's safe like what am i it's i'm getting ready to play around a golf what am i gonna do come out dancing like al cervic and caddyshack i mean it's just it's 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 awkward to me i think it's gonna lead to some very awkward white people moments but that's just me <laughs> that's glorious obviously uh, yeah well okay that's you're exactly right. <laughs> what's gonna happen and that's why it's wonderful speaking yes. of that so steve stricker and jerry kelly are playing this week uh as is uh John Daly from the Champions Tour. He's paired with Rory Sabatini. That's my that. very favorite yeah. pairing. Let there uh, be no doubt. That's the best pairing on this whole tee sheet. Yeah. So I, Two I'm heroes. <laughs> uh, Stricker and Kelly, though, I, I'll be very curious to see what they'll they'll uh, play if they make the weekend. And the way they're playing, why not? I mean, they're hey, they're number one and two in the Charles Schwab Cup points race right now. So, uh, and they tied for 14th last year. Uh, let's see. We got Bubba Watson, Matt Watson, Matt Kuchar. There's three teams that are uh, uh, where the duo is is within the world top 25, and uh, Sergio Rafa are the other one, uh, and of course Justin Rose and Henrik Stenson, who are back uh, both because of their love for Zurich Insurance and then also this event. Um, David Duval is stepping out of the broadcast booth to play with Jim Furyk. So uh, the defenders are Jonas Blix, Cam Smith, and then of course our former Shackhouse guest and uh, phenomenal team player. In both match play and this event, Kevin Kisner, who made that incredible eagle last year, he's back with Scott Brown. He may have to do a little carrying this week, House. Scott Brown has not uh, played well, has not been in the uh, top 45 since last November. So I am going to pick Sean O'Hare and Jimmy Walker this week because they were um, they were playing so beautifully at the Valero. Um, O'Hara finished with a uh, T2. And uh, Jimmy Walker finished fourth. So they both have been showing signs of life, and and I think they're going to make a great duo. I am going to go with the combination of Hot España and Taco Bell. I love John Rahm and Wesley Bryan. Mm. I, I, I very much enjoy just the background of how they've come to be friends and that they're, they're, they're close guys. Now, Rahm is obviously in form. Wesley seems like – now, his, his – his, uh, 
uh, over the past 12 months, his approaches from behind 12, 200 yards, um, he is uh, well ahead of average in that respect. But I feel like he hasn't mm. been putting that great no. lately. So, uh, you know, in, in some respects, if he has to jump on big Johnny Rahm's back, I mean, I know John can handle him. I would like to talk to Wes Bryan and get a little bit of uh, I- insight into how – what did I say? <laughs> Wes, it's okay. I'm just reminding yeah, you, he okay. likes Wesley. Right. It's like right. Headley versus Heady Lamar, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I just like um, the personalities of those two, what I've observed just from the television screen. I don't know whether or not, you know, up close and personal, but um, the, the, the fire of Rom yeah. and, and, and Wesley's uh, cool style, I, I think that they're a fun uh, combo. That's my pick. Just yeah, I I'd think love to know fun. how – I, I feel like I thought I saw a story where, about how those two got uh, linked up. But you're, I think you're absolutely right. It'll be fascinating to see how Rom works in that environment uh, with Wesley uh, personality-wise because he still is getting pretty hot on the course. And if that is something that kind of calms him down – uh, I wish I wish the field or this tournament only had one round of alternate shot. I think two is too much. That's a really tough four man, and I, it might even scare a few guys off. Just because you have to have you have to really get along well. It, if somebody's having a bad day on alternate shot, it it can be really tough. It's a better format for match play. Um, I, I, I personally would love to see one round of of uh, scramble. Uh, kind of like the shark shootout does. I just think it'd be. I, I love the different disciplines, but either way, it's fun. Uh, we have the chance for <laughs> we have the chance for uh walk-up music intrigue and uh, it's a great celebration of all things new orleans and of course uh, some some very uh, fine players in the field once again so i'm really happy for zurich that this format is so far holding together house is there anything else you want to kick around from the week uh, anything else you want to mop up from our our chat with adam no, I, I I want to mop up a delicious uh, you know gravy yeah. from the debris sandwich. You know that's the roast beef version of the po boy, po boy. And I'm starving right now after that chat. I do have one question for you before I, I yell shack house under this microphone, and it and it's this: Does the PGA Tour permit players to smoke on the golf course, or is there an image issue with that? No, they're they're permitted. It's an interesting question you ask, though, because I, I they are discouraged. Uh, Tim Fincham absolutely loathe smoking and he, players do who do smoke do seem to to hide it um but i don't know of any specific clause that actually prevents them from from doing it on course it just feels like we might see 15 packs of cigarettes with Rory and, and John Daly. I just, I mean, I just can't tell you how excited I am to see those two dudes out on the golf course together. And I don't, you know, uh, the combustibility of it um, feels like it's really mitigated because nobody can ever get mad at JD. So Rory, Rory's not going to get mad. What if, what if, I mean, if those guys make the cut, I'm telling you, I'm watching the tournament. Uh, that's going to be must see TV. That that combo right there. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe they'll make it on PGA Tour live in the in the morning. But yeah, I I uh, I'm going to look into that on the smoking because it has been a long time since I can picture somebody smoking. I I, I know I've heard of a couple stories of um uh LPGA players going into to the uh portable restroom after the group in front of them and and walking into just you know just a sea of smoke. Um so there there are some players who just just hide it because they don't like the look, which is an amazing thing. You know, but at the Masters Ben Crenshaw was telling me the story about Sneed and Hogan that Jackie Burke had told them in the playoff 
1954, and Hogan was smoking in the playoff. Um, sure. Yeah, it was part of the image that that uh, Mr. Burke painted of Hogan standing over there leaning on his club with a cigarette in his mouth, and yeah, it's kind of what you expect. But but uh, and of course, Jack Nicholas used to smoke, and then once he saw himself doing that, that was what caused him to quit. It was the visual. He just wow. thought it looked awful. Uh, I, so, I, yeah, I think it looks go. glorious on JD. So oh yeah, I mean, no, I, it's, I, so it's the dangling. It's the way it's just it's it. just it's just just that limp dangling of the cigarette. Uh, hey, House, one last thing. You know, uh, jailbreak technology got put to the test last week at the Valero Texas Open, and the uh, you know it's in the rogue now, and it employs, uh, of course, that new hourglass shaped titanium bar that is twenty five percent lighter while fulfilling. The function to stiffen the crown and sole. I know you know all this, but the stiffer body allows the face to take on more impact load to promote faster ball speed. And I really don't know why I'm telling you this, because it's all at the beautifully new redesigned CallawayGolf.com. Great videos, great tutorials, educational stuff, fitting, customs. Uh, there's some cool promotions right now on personalizing golf balls. Just go to CallawayGolf.com. Don't listen to me about Rogue. Yeah, well, I can tell you. Plus, I don't want to. I don't want to say anymore because <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go into an area with the rogue right now. That that um, I just. Oh say come on, Sergio's club toss was it was spectacular. It, I have it, to say it. It was beautiful, and I love that he went and retrieved it. And 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 uh, that's another one of these combos <laughs> that we're interested in, right? Sergio and Rafa, another uh, uh, straight out of Spain combo. That's yeah. going to be a great one. And Sergio likes Pete Dye golf courses, so I think he'll be a lot happier. Uh, at the TPC Louisiana this week, so that is a very strong team, I believe. And uh, and and by the way, that Callaway driver came out of those bushes in great shape, so they are well manufactured. I just love that he went and recovered it. Like everybody just walked away, he had to go get his own driver. I, I just like want to know what he swatted at in the bushes because I don't know if there was a, there was a critter that kind of snarled at him, but he took another swing at something and didn't hurt anything. No animals were hurt in the in the process. But anyway, well. Uh, it's a long shack house this week, but we thank you all for listening because uh, really glad we finally got to have Adam Rappaport on. He's been a listener of the show. He's a friend of yours, a great contributor to House of Carbs, and uh, it was it was most enjoyable. And now I'm very hungry, as are you, I'm sure. Yeah, and I'm gonna try not to hurt any more animals on uh, with the, this this week's edition of the Shack House, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.